Praise God. Welcome to all of you tonight. I see some guests this evening, and we are so thrilled to have you in service with us this evening. And to those of you that are not guests, thank you for being here tonight as well. Praise God. I know most of you know this, but since it's been a while since we've had any special services and any guest speakers, I'm just going to remind you, we're not in a hurry here this evening. We're not here to just hurry up and get through service so we can get back to doing whatever we're doing. But we're also here not to just go through the norm and do our deal. And so I'm getting ready to bring Brother Hurt to the pulpit. But I, I just want to remind you of that. It's only 6.15. Your watch isn't broke. But we are in the presence of the Lord. Our worship has led us into His presence. And as much as most of us like to worship, we're not here to worship all night. We're here for the Lord to speak and work and move and do whatever He wants to do. So, I, I, again, I know most of you know this, but I just feel to remind you, this is not about rushing. I'm not hurrying so that we can just hurry up and go. I, I'm hurry. I am hurrying. I actually I am. I'm hurrying to get out of the way because I want Jesus to do whatever He wants to do. I want Him to say whatever He wants to say. And so we are so thrilled to have with us brother and sister Hurt and their son Isaac. They are from Indianapolis, Indiana, full-time evangelists. And I, I truly believe, I truly believe that we are in a, in a divinely ordained time. I believe with all of my heart that we are not here tonight by chance. I don't think we're doing this by happenstance. I believe God has divinely ordered this. And as I've already said, and we discussed it at lunch a little bit again today, I have no idea how long, but I'm I'm confident at the very least this is going to be more than one weekend. And whatever else the Lord wants beyond that, that's that's fine with me. Because I believe that God is wanting to do I believe he's already, but I believe there's some things God's wanting to do in this season right now at Antioch Central. Brother Bray baptized one today out in the river I'm getting there baptized one today and then another different person prayed them through right outside of a McDonald's after a Bible study I've said it a couple of weeks now and I'm going to keep saying it God is more than capable of moving in spite of the circumstances that we are in and in fact, I just believe it's a really good time for God to do some stuff because the world says, and even some Christians say, it's not the right time. But God just has a way of doing some amazing things at what doesn't seem to fit into human logic or reasoning. Praise God. So, Brother Hurt, I realize you don't really know us yet, but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that you can feel at home here. And uh, you're, you don't have to be in a hurry. They are, I'm not telling you how long you have to preach, but they're used to long-winded preaching here from Bishop on down. So I just want you to know there's no, 
There's no time clock. There's no restraints. We want you and the Holy Ghost to do whatever God wants to be done. In Jesus' name, welcome. Would you welcome Brother and Sister Hurt and their son to Antioch? Amen. Put your hands together and give the Lord great praise. Hallelujah. Father, you're wonderful. We serve a mighty God. Amen. There's none like him. There's none beside him. Amen. We serve a mighty God. It is an honor to be here in Annapolis, Maryland, at Antioch Church. Amen. I give honor to the pastor of this house, Brother Wright. Amen. Sister Wright, we give honor to you and your family. Hallelujah. Amen. We did not get to spend as much time except for eating dinner. Um, But I do believe that we're in the perfect will of God. Amen. And there's something about being in the will of God, being at the right place at the right time. And I believe that if we will lay aside the traditional approach, the mask, the visage that many of us so find ourselves fighting when we come to the house of God, if we could lay that aside and actually give God something that he's pleased with, because God's not just pleased by your attendance. God's pleased by faith. Somewhere along the line, I think we've made this thing more about attendance than we are about faith. Without it, no man can please the Lord. But I believe if we would stretch our faith up towards heaven right now, lay aside all restraints and restrictions and lay aside all doubt and words that have been spoken, And begin to open your heart up to believe God for the impossible. Being in a position where I'm ready to not only receive from God, but ready to obey the voice of God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we take authority right now. In the name of Jesus, over every thought, over every spirit, Lord God, over this area. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for deliverance. We thank you, Lord, for breakthrough. We thank you, Lord, for souls receiving the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Lord, for transformation. Lord, we thank you for deliverance that's going to hit this place. We thank you, Lord, God, for revelation that is going to flow through this house, Lord. We thank you, Lord, God, for breakthrough, Lord, God, bringing down mountains and strongholds, Lord, God, direction, Lord, God, revival, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, God, we cast aside doubt. We cast down fear by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Lord God, let there be deliverance. Let there be breakthrough, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we pray that you would open this door. Open up the ceiling, Lord God. Let us sit up under an open heaven, Lord. In the name of Jesus, not for sensation, Lord God, but for transformation, Lord God, that we may become more like you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I'm asking, Lord, that you would open this thing wide. 
In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray, Lord God, for deliverance, Lord God, to sweep through this church, Lord God, tonight. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, let it sweep through this country, Lord. Let it go out into the neighborhood, out of this building, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, and begin to permeate up and down the street, Lord God, by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you would heal people, Lord God. Let there be miracles, Lord God. Let the impossible be made possible, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you would wake up people, Lord God, that are backslidden tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, let them kick down the doors of this place, Lord God, trying to come in, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, a refreshing, Lord God, will begin to sweep through this city, through this region, Lord, by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you would cast down, Lord God, the addictions on people's lives, Lord. Uh, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that drug addicts, Lord God, will receive the deliverance, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you would open up the prison doors, uh, Lord God, to them that are bound. Uh, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray for the fatherless in this community, Lord. Uh, in the name of Jesus, Lord, let there be a hope. Uh, let there be a word, Lord God, that will come to their ears. Uh, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you will release angels, Lord God, uh, to go and war in the spirit to bring down uh, everything, Lord God, that would like to hinder and would like to present itself as a wall, Lord God, that would try to captivate the minds of people and block them from hear the voice of God. We come against it tonight by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we pray for breakthrough. Lord God, we thank you for breakthrough. Come on, church, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we don't want sensation, but Lord God, we want to see you. Lord God, we want to know you. Lord, we worship you tonight. Lord God, we magnify you tonight. Lord, we bless your name tonight in the name of Jesus. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. I feel something breaking. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, let a boldness come upon your people. Amanda Basataba. Lord, let them exchange fear for boldness. Hey! Hallelujah!
And he shall speak great words. Book of Daniel 7.25 And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. And think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until the time and times and the dividing of time. But the judgment shall sit, <clears throat> and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the saints of the Most High whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Father, in the name of Jesus, have your way. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. Another translation speaks. It says, and he shall speak great, he shall speak words against the most high God and shall wear out the saints of the most high. And think to change time or sacred feast or holy day and law and saints shall be given and the saints shall be given into his hand for a time, two times, and half a time. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion gradually and destroy it suddenly in the end. If you're not aware, we are living in an awesome time. We're living in the best time. For I'm reminded in the scripture where the Bible declares that the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former. Paul spoke to Timothy concerning things that would happen during the end of time. He said that in the last days, he said, men should wax, deceivers should wax worse and worse. He also begins to talk about the condition and the character of people 
I'm under the persuasion that he wasn't just talking and addressing just random people in the world. But I believe that he was addressing the character of people in the church. He said that some would be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. These people, he said, would, would, would be unthankful, would be ungrateful people. A sense of self-centeredness. It's not like it's anything that is new, but the scripture declares that there is nothing new under the sun. However, there are some things that ought not be when it comes down to the people of God. There's a place in the scripture where the Bible declares, it says, come out from among them and be separate. One of the things of an individual is going to pursue after Christ, it takes more than a profession or a confession. But if any man is going to pursue after him, he said, if any man follow after me, he said, let him first deny himself. Can I tell you that if you've been walking with Christ for any length of period of time, surely by now you should figure out that this is not about you. He said, if any man follow after me, he said, let him first deny himself. And take up his cross. Then follow me. One of the things about following after Jesus is if you have not figured it out by now, there's pain involved. There's conflict involved. When the first church in the book of Acts or the church in the beginning in the book of Acts came to be disciples of Jesus. They understood the conflict. They understood um, the risk that was involved. Now, when Jesus originally chose his disciples, I'm not persuaded that they understood the risk that was at hand. And can I tell you that if any man is going to follow after Christ, there's going to be risk involved. That's why he established in the beginning. He said, if any man seek to save his life, he will lose it. He said, but if he's willing to lose it for my sake, he said, the same shall find it. Jesus went and he chose his disciples. He handpicked them one by one. And some of these men were actually living some very prosperous lives. But it's so amazing that when Jesus originally chose his disciples, he did not just call them out of sin, but he called them out of their comfort zone. What do you mean? If you've never learned, if you haven't lived long enough, money makes people comfortable. Jesus tells him, he says, I want you to come follow me. He didn't tell them to leave sin. He did not tell them to quit going to the bar and quit going to the club. He just told them, put down your poles, put down your nets. He said, I want to teach you to become fishers of men. They walked with Jesus and there was a level of intimacy and time 
that they spent with him. Why? Because disciples were not made in synagogues. They, 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 they were not made. Only thing that was made in the synagogue was Pharisees and Sadducees. It is something that I call, and you may hear me reference it from time to time, but it's an institutionalized church. And one of the things that Jesus did was he took his disciples and he established him. He trained them, not just by sitting in the congregation or sending them to Sunday school class. But one of the things that the disciples had to do was they were willing, they had to be willing to leave their job. One place that scripture declares, it says that the son of man hath no place to lay his head. Said foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. The disciples were not following Jesus to find a cush job. They weren't following Jesus with the mindset of what many people come to Jesus for today. There are people that are backslide if they lose their job. There are people that are walk out on God the moment it seems like the money starts running dry. But one of the qualifications that the men had to be willing to do when they followed Jesus was not leave the bar, but leave the money. What do you mean? You've got to understand there's something that I'm not just, I'm not here preaching against money. I like to spend money. My wife likes to spend money. Money answereth all things. However, there is something about the love of money that the scripture declares is the root of all evil. And it is amazing that when Jesus chose his disciples, he began to deal with the roots. So you got to understand that when the disciples decided that they were going to follow Jesus, there had to be this place where they had to weigh out the options. They understood the risk. Now they're following the Messiah. They're following a leader that has not promised them any food. He has not promised them any wealth. He has not promised them anything that would be considered a cush job. He has not promised them anything only to make them effective. So what happened was Jesus did not give them a promotion on the job. But Jesus gave them a purpose. Can I ask somebody in this room right now that is wrestling with the times? Are you willing to pursue your career or are you willing to pursue the purpose that God has for your life? What are you saying, Brother Hurt? I'm not here to tell everybody to quit your job. The Bible says a man don't work. He don't need. However, there's something to be said when you get down to the hearts of men. Jesus takes his disciples. And if you watch how Jesus operates, he performs a miracle. He performs a few miracles and the disciples actually see the miracle that Jesus performed. But the amazing thing about it, 
was afterwards Jesus then commissioned them to go out and do the same. See, can I tell you that Jesus is not like a Pharisee that would rather be exalted and want followers but never empower them. Jesus expects something out of every one of his disciples. What do you mean? If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you've got to be a demonstrator of Jesus. See, in the synagogue, there were Pharisees and Sadducees that had the high seats. They had no problem with coming in with long, luxurious robes. They had no problem with coming in and the people speaking well of them and looking up to them. They, they, they had no, no problem with that. The conflict that they had with Jesus was Jesus was not coming to empower the religious spirit, but Jesus was coming to empower regular men and women. Are you saying, Brother Hurt, some of us in this room are battling in this season with the religious spirit. And what I mean by that is that we are stepping into a time period. I believe that the religious spirit is right in the bed with the harlot. And I believe that what is going on is that through time, that religious spirit has blinded the people in such a way that people felt like they could be religious and traditional and still be a servant of God. All while being ineffective for the scripture declares that the word of God, that the traditions of men have made the word of God of none effect. He said, you've made what I have spoken ineffective in your life because of your observation of your traditions. He said, you teach for doctrine the traditions of men. What do you mean, Brother Hurt? There's something along the lines. There's something that is going on. Because now what is going on in this hour is that the people of God are made aware that something isn't working. See, the thing is, when you go to General Motors, or no, not General Motors. I like General Motors. Chrysler. They make pretty little vehicles. I mean, they, they deck it out. They, they, they deck it out, even make it look like you got a Bentley. But then they put the 2.7 engine in it. <laughs> My brother said, oh, no. Yeah, they put, the, they put the 2.7 engine in it. Or they work well on the outside of the vehicle. They put that vehicle together in such a way that's very enticing. That if you can't afford the real thing, then you go get the substitute. And actually look like you're driving something that you can't afford to buy. There's something about the spirit of tradition that makes you satisfied with looking like you've got the real thing. When all along you're driving around with something that is a substitute and a replacement. Why? Because you won't pay the price to get the real thing. Can I tell you, church? 
that there is something that is lacking in this generation that we find outside of money in the beginning. Was that we've got more money now than what they've got back then. But their fruitfulness is more then than it is right now. And the reason it is, is because it's something about hearing the word, amen in the word, saying, man, that's deep. I like how he broke that thing down. Bishop sure did preach, Pastor sure did, hit it out the park. Only to go home and feel righteous because you were faithful in your attendance. The Bible says, be not a hearer of the word only, but be doers. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? Jesus takes his disciples. He commissions them. Why? Because he's like, I'm not going to be the only one sitting around here doing something. If you're going to be a follower of me, it is because I'm expecting you to produce the very thing that I'm doing. What do you mean? You got to understand that one of the things that Adam was created with, that his sin caused him to lose, was the image of God. And we understand that Jesus is the expressed image of God. If you want to look at God, if you want to see God, you've got to see Jesus. Jesus has them following him with the mindset that if Jesus can do it, then I can do it. He is the example of what we're supposed to be. Jesus was not following and performing miracles and laying hands on the sick and delivering people just for people to worship him. You got to understand Jesus was doing these things so that he could tell you later on greater works than these shall you do when I return unto my father. Jesus has us following him with the expectation of us doing the same thing that he did. Well, they went out, they healed the sick, they raised the dead. They met up and they, 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 their, their relationship was not associated with the special order of service. The relationship was a relationship that was organic and that was born in the field. When was the last time you planted a seed and it grew into a tree and it wasn't in the field? If you're going to be fruitful, you're not going to be fruitful being confined to a styrofoam cup. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? I remember when I was in third grade, we used to have these. Is it raining? All right. 
In third grade, we used to have, you know, we had the teacher and she would, around the springtime, we'd plant a little seed, a tomato seed into the cup. And that cup would hold that seed and then over a few weeks, the plant would grow. But after a while, that plant would begin to lean over. Why? Because the cup was not strong enough to support its purpose. So what happened was they told us by the time the end of the year came, take the plant home and put it in the garden, put it in the field. And if you put it in the field, it'll grow. Well, I like the idea of controlling the cup. I like the idea of going outside, going downstairs in the living room and seeing that cup sitting in the window. It's growing, but it's top heavy. So now I'm trying to use other things, but the thing is it's growing, but it's not producing fruit. Why? Because it's not going to be fruitful just because you plant it. You've got to put it in the right place. So what happened was... We took it outside, and the plant began to grow, and the plant began to produce much fruit. Can I tell you, church, that the disciples became productive. They became fruitful in the field. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? I'm I'm here to tell somebody tonight that somewhere along the line, maybe you've got it wrong. Maybe you thought that all God was calling you to do was to make sure that you were just a great saint at Antioch Church. But can I tell you that even Antioch in the Bible was not a local congregation. Antioch was like a dispatch center. Antioch was an epicenter. Antioch was a place that Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers went forth out of that place. Can I tell you, it wasn't a, it wasn't a place that folks just said, I, you know, I go to Antioch Church. I go to the church on the hill. But it was a place of purpose. I want you to lift your hands up towards heaven right now. And I want you to ask God, Lord, help me. To walk in purpose. So the disciples. The disciples. Went out. Why? Because they had. They had confidence. They honored Jesus. And they had confidence in Jesus. So when Jesus commissioned them, they had confidence in the commission because of their honor for Jesus. It is impossible for you to fulfill the commission on your life if you have no confidence in Jesus. You've got to get back to the place where you begin to meditate 
on what the Lord has done more than meditate on what the devil has done. And what has made it challenging in this hour is that we've all got something called a cell phone. What do you mean? If you're going to be, Jesus took three men, not three men, I'm sorry, 12 men for three and a half years and he ministered to them. And with those three and a half years, those men within a three and a half year period, those men were equipped to turn the world upside down. But what happened was Jesus spends three and a half years investing in people that were hungry. See, the thing was, there were some folks that were only hungry for the fishes and the loaves. But when Jesus started teaching and started teaching things that they had a problem with taking in, it was amazing how the hunger for him left them. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? I'm saying tonight that God said that I want to renew your hunger for me. Why? Because it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to require hunger for you to maintain a productive flow of God's spirit in your life. The Bible says them that thirst and hunger after righteousness shall be filled. What do you mean, Brother Hurd? I, I'm telling you that, 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 that in this hour right now, there's a, there's a level of fear, a level of complacency, a level of despair, a level of confusion, a level of just hustle and bustle, maybe a level of just having great church. But having great church alone has saved nobody. But being a great church and being what God has called you to be and doing what God has called you to do and stepping out in the places that God has told you to step out in, that's where the work begins. See, Jesus takes these men. They turn the world upside down. They're casting out devils. They're laying hands on the sick. They're preaching. And they don't even have the baptism in Jesus' name. They haven't even been filled with the Holy Ghost yet. But what did they have? They had a name and they had a hunger. I'm reminded in Scripture when Jesus said, are you going to leave me also? And they said, how can we? For you have the words of life. Is there somebody in this room that wants to live? Not just live in this world, but live through Christ. Disciples not only heard what Jesus said, but they did what Jesus said. The Bible declares in the book of Daniel, it says that in the end of time, at the end of, in, in the end of days, it says that the enemy would take those same people, those descendants, spiritual descendants of the apostles and prophets, and it would be his attempt to try to wear them completely out. And what is going on with many of us right now 
is that we have ingested so much, you know, when you start dealing with the things that are going on with social distancing, virus, riots, all of these things. It's got people glued to their television. It's got people glued to their cell phones. It's got people glued to their social media accounts. To the place where they have filled this world up with so much confusion and so much negativity and so much distraction and so much pain. It was one thing when pain is only happening over there in Africa. It's one thing when pain is just happening in China. But it's another thing when pain hits your back door. When it's right there in your backyard, when it's right there, not only in your backyard, but when it gets into your living room. And, and what has occurred is that through generations of time, the people of God felt as though as long as they were faithful in attendance, and that means that they were faithful to God. But the only thing that can stand the trial of fire is not attendance, it's faith. Faith without works is dead. So what happened was we learned how to build great churches with no faith. Why? Because when you don't have faith, then money comes into the picture. What do you mean? You can, you, if, if you got the right amount of money, then you can have a counterfeit like a Chrysler. 300 and a Bentley. It looks like it. But when you open that thing up, it's got a 2.7 engine in it. It might get you somewhere, but after about three years, if you got a 2.7, I'm sorry. We had one and we ain't got it no more. At about three years, you're going to have to go get another one. Listen, there is no replacement for faith. There is no replacement for Jesus. There is no replacement for the kingdom of God. It's either you got it or you don't. So what are you saying? He gets the people of God into this hour. What's going on is we are we, 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 the hour of people. The Bible says that there were ten virgins, five foolish and five wise. When the bridegroom came, they were both doing the same thing and they were sleeping. But the amazing thing would separate that there was, even though both of them were sleeping, the difference between the five was that one had oil and the other one didn't. They both had lamps, though. But one of them had no oil. And when the bridegroom came, then all of a sudden, the ones with no oil said, give us some oil. And the ones with oil said, no. That leads me to believe that somewhere along the line, there was a culture of people, kind of like this culture, where they became comfortable with being around people that's got oil but not having any oil of their own. Not only just not only just being around people that's got oil, but the people with oil, I promise you that before that, 
There were times where the people without oil asked for oil, and the people with oil gave them some oil. It is amazing what God can do, and it is amazing what you can build off the backs of a few faithful people. It is amazing what the faithfulness of a few can do to the unfaithfulness of many. Are you seeing? These people, when Jesus shows up, he asked them, they, they, they said, can, can we have some oil? But the amazing thing was, that, or the terrible thing was, by the time they asked for oil this time, it was too late. There was a culture, there was, there, there was a culture, I call it tradition, that allowed room for them to survive off of a few folk that's got oil. I got a question. Are you living off the oil of your brother and sister or do you got some oil in your lamp? What do you mean, Brother Hurt? Because God said, I, I, I don't want to misuse. You know, the Bible says that God called apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, the edifying of the body. He, he wants to perfect you. But we've got a culture that we actually misuse the gifts that God has given more than actually being a good steward over the gifts that God has given. We sin, brother hurt. God is looking for some people that are not content with just being a part of a great body. But he's looking for somebody He's looking for members. He's looking for not just a congregation. He's looking for a member that will no longer be content with just blending in, but actually fulfilling the assignment that God has called you to do as a member of the local body. We mean, because what is going on? is that throughout the past months, people are panicking. I, I, I spoke to a missionary several weeks ago, about a month ago. And she told me, she said, Brother Hurd, she said, I, I went into Africa in a leprosy camp. And she said, I, I thought that when I went there, I thought we were going to have this explosive revival, you know, one of those churches right there by the bypass. And she said, I, I, I just was convinced in my mind of what true revival was going to look like in Africa. She said, but when her and her husband got there, all that was available was a leprosy camp. She went into that leprosy camp. God gave her and her husband great revival in the middle of that leprosy camp. What do you mean? She was persuaded that God 
was with her more than the leprosy was against her. Now, I didn't ask her. I don't know how long she went to school. I don't know if she ever went to seminary school. I don't know if she ever went to college. I don't even know. As a matter of fact, yes, I do. She told me she graduated. She she told me, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, she didn't even graduate high school. Her and her husband met while and got married, I think, while she was like 15 or 16. She was a simple old woman. But she was a powerful old woman. Why? Because she had a relationship with a powerful God. Can I talk to somebody tonight that God is looking for somebody that wants a relationship with him. Somebody that's not comfortable or content with the status quo. But somebody that really wants to be real with God. Her and her husband, they turned that area upside down. Revival proceeded forth out of that place. Why? Because if you're waiting to get a hold of God when the storm comes, you might get swept away. But when you know him before the storm comes, It's kind of like David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? The thing is, is that many of us are sleeping when we should be fighting. David said, the Lord has given me, had gave, delivered the bear into my hands. The Lord also delivered the lion into my hands. And he was convinced that God was going to do the same thing with the giant. But before David had a bear and before David had a, had a, had a giant and before David had a lion, David had a relationship with God. What do you mean? What is going on and what has been going on? And the reason why many of us are panicking And many of us trust more, and listen, this is not throwing any shots at anybody out there or watching or anything like that. But when we fail at our relationship with God, we will trust more of what the enemy says than what God says. We've got more confidence in the CDC than we've got confidence in the word of God. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? I, I'm telling you that it's the same. They, 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 they've got the same kind of blood that, they, that we've got. Their flesh is the same kind of flesh that we've got. Their baptism is the same baptism that we've got. And the Holy Ghost is the same Holy Ghost that we've got. The difference tradition and what's going on is you've heard the word but 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 what's going on have you ever tried to step out on the word and you've tried to to, to step out on the word that that you know is in the scripture and, and after you've tried it it doesn't work 
You ever tried to pray for somebody and you know it was in the will of God for them to be healed and they died? What do you mean? I'm saying that somewhere along the line, we have got to confront the questions or confront the inconsistencies. If the word of God says one thing and we're actually doing it and it's not being produced, then what's going on? What, are you, what, what, what we do is we come up with excuses. Well, you know, God is, a, you know, God reigns on the just and the unjust. And I believe that. But one thing I am persuaded of is that everybody that has died did not have to die. And everybody that died didn't have to stay dead. Why? Because Jesus came to the tomb of Lazarus. They said, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. They had confidence in Christ. What do you mean? When was the last time somebody held the coroner back and said, hold on a minute. Let's wait until brother Thomas or sister Sally comes and prays for my brother. We mean, we're, 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 our mindset right now is that that's far fetched, but that is the type of operation that they walked in. That was the confidence that they had, and that confidence that they had did not come by human emotions, but it came by faith in the Word of God. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? There are miracles that Jesus did. That they had never seen done before. I'm reminded in the book of Mark when the Bible says that there was a man when Jesus was in Capernaum. And there was a man that they carried. Four people carried this man in that had palsy. And they dropped them down into the roof of the house. They tore the roof off. I'm telling you. We want people to tear the roof off and tear the doors down trying to get in. But is there anything in here worth tearing down to get a hold of? Is there anything in your home that is worth tearing down the doors to get a hold of? When was a lot? Listen, church, you got to understand that Jesus said upon this rock, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We want to celebrate where we have succeeded, but ignore where we have failed. And be blinded by our own success. Success does not mean that you have arrived. Paul said, I think not myself to have apprehended. He said, but one thing I do, he said, I forget those things that are behind me. He said, I look to those things that are before me. He said, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling that's in Jesus Christ. I thank God for the miracle that God used you in yesterday, but there's some people that's going to die today and tomorrow if you don't get a hold of God. Quit being drunk off of yesterday day and take a drink of this new wine that comes from heaven above and walk in the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost. 
Because what's going on, you know, I'm reminded when Nicodemus, the Bible says there was a ruler of the Jews, same came to Jesus by night. Nicodemus, ruler of the Jews, same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you are teacher come from God. He didn't say I know. He said we know. That leads me to believe that he wasn't coming on the behalf of himself. He was coming on the behalf of other people. He was just a spokesman. Who was he the spokesman of? He was a Pharisee and a ruler of the Jews. So I am persuaded that the ones that he was coming on the behalf of were Pharisees that openly and publicly opposed Jesus. They privately, they publicly opposed him. He said, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no man can do the works that you're doing except God be with him. And then Jesus goes forth to tell him, except the man is born again, he should not see the kingdom of God. The religious people, the religious spirit will always persecute the faithful. And usually when we talk about religious folk, religious spirit, we think about people. But can I tell you that there would not be religious people if it wasn't a religious spirit? The religious spirit empowers people to be religious and become religious people. And can I tell somebody that this religious spirit can persecute you Right at the moment that you're going to step out and have faith in God. Religious spirit wants you to be decorated on the outside. So that you can take the glory of man on the inside. But the Holy Spirit wants there to be glory that is released for God to be glorified on the outside. So the God that is on the inside of you will be glorified in all things where you can say the works that I do. These things that I'm doing, it's not me that do, that's doing it, but it's my father that is in heaven that's doing it. Jesus said the son of man does nothing of himself, but only that which he sees the father do. What are you saying, brother? I'm saying tonight that God is looking for people that is not looking for somebody else to carry their weight for them. He's looking for somebody that, that, that will quit leeching off of other people's oil and get enough oil for your own self and for your own family. Because listen, if you let that 2.7 engine sit too long, not just a 2.7, if you let a vehicle sit long. Its complacency will cause it to be condemned. It, will be, it, it won't be productive. You try to start that thing up, it's going to shut completely down. You were not designed to sit. You were designed to move. 
You're not designed, praise the Lord, just to warm up a pew, but you were designed, praise God, to have some fire on the inside of you so that you can turn your neighborhood upside down, so that you can turn your family upside down. You got to understand that when the man got his release from prison, when the prison guard, praise the Lord, got his, got that word from the apostle, he went to his house uh, and revival broke out in that house. And when revival broke out in that house, the whole Philippian city was turned upside down. Can I tell somebody that God says, I can use your house to turn your city upside down. You say, Brother Hurt, you sound like you're anti-church. No, I'm just anti-prison. I'm anti-institution. Anybody got any family that's locked up? Institutionalized. Person gets locked up in 1985. They get out in 2020. <laughs> they get that jerry curl. Yeah. Get that mullet. <laughs> you get trapped in the time. You're behind time. But 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 the thing is they fell in love with a moment. And if we're not careful, Pentecost will fall in love with a moment. And will miss the season. Can I tell somebody that you need to move past that moment and step into the season that God has called you to? The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastics, says to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under the heaven. If you woke up this morning, it's because of purpose. Everything that has, that's under the heavens. As a time and the season for every purpose. The enemy's intent is if he can't take your time. He, if he can't take your purpose, he'll settle for your time. Because if you don't use your time, then you won't fulfill your purpose. So we pay other people to use our time. Or we pay other people to try to fulfill our purpose. What do you mean by the hurt? The traditional spirit, the religious spirit comes in when faith is telling you. Faith is a response to the word of God. The Bible says in the book of Romans, it says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And how shall you hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Faith comes when you hear something, when you hear a word from God that comes to a preacher. Now, what happens is this. When we're used to hearing preaching and we don't do preaching, we become deceivers of ourselves. The religious spirit doesn't begin just when you get up in the church and you know when to shout and know when to say amen. You know, we, we, we know if you've been in church for any length of period of time, you know when to say amen. You know when not to say glory to God. <laughs> Some people. <laughs> no. We we know. We look at folks funny. You know, like, how dare you, you know, like, give glory to God. <laughs> look at people funny, 
Why? Because they don't understand the system of the institution. When we need to be uncomfortable with people not following the system of the kingdom, the leading of the spirit, the unction of the Holy Ghost, not just in this building, but outside of this building. Would you lift your hands up towards heaven? Would you say, God, wake my soul up. Wake my soul up. I want to be delivered. From leeching. We've only got a little bit of time left. We've got a limited amount of time left. I heard someone say that only what you do for Christ is going to last. He said what they're going to do is he's going to, his intent is to wear you out. See, the thing is, the other day, my son and I, we were in Alabama. And I said, we get ready to run. I asked my wife, I was like, you want to go run a mile? She's like, uh-uh, I'm walking. I said, all right. I said, Isaac, you want to run a mile? He's like, yeah, yeah, let's go. So he started running. And as we were running, I was, he was running a little bit faster than me at first. And then I started picking up the pace. Sometimes it takes time to get there. I started running a little bit faster. And momentum starts kicking in. I'm in the stride. Next thing you know, he's like getting out of breath. Why? Because the thing was, I let him run at a pace that I, I, I let him do his thing first. And after he did his thing, then I kicked in. And when I kicked in, it was like it threw him completely off. So now I'm wearing him out. But I'm trying to keep up with me. He would have been able to finish if he would have focused. The Bible says that what the enemy will do is that he speaks great words against the Most High God. His desire is not to wear God out. His desire is to wear you out. And how he does it, the enemy is the prince of the air. So, when he's speaking words, words are spirit. That stuff gets into the atmosphere. And all of a sudden, your faith, you, you remember in the scripture, be not weary in well-doing. You reap if you faint not. Faith starts coming under attack because every time you get ready to step out on God, you hear this word. And what it does is it starts beating you down. 
No, don't, 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 don't go witness to that person. Don't go minister to that woman at Walmart. Don't, don't invest in that person. Don't, don't, don't get up and pray. It's not going to work. Faith will wear you. Fear will wear you out. He tells them, He says he's going to wear them out and he's going to think to change times and laws. What happens is you ever get comfortable with waking up at a certain time? Everybody's kind of got your your pattern, your routine that you do on Sunday. You got your routine that you do when you go home. And the moment that routine comes under attack, you're not normal. I know people that if they don't get their cup of coffee, before they get to work, the whole day is messed up. It's like they only know how to thrive in a controlled environment. That's institution. They only know how to function. In a controlled environment. If they can't control it, they can't produce. But the kingdom of God is supposed to be able to thrive in any environment. And we will thrive in any environment. But what God is looking for, listen, he's not looking for you to get up and just say, all right, I'm getting ready to hit this. No, no, you... Your mind has been messed up. Listen, you, 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 listen you, you're not going to be able to do this off of your own strength. You're not going to be able to do this off of your own power, off your own might. It's going to take the spirit of God, but you're going to need to let the Lord renew your mind. What's going on is things are moving at such a rapid pace. Things are changing so fast. It's like right when you feel like you've got this figured out. What do you mean? The church is under attack. Whether you believe it or not, we're in the end time and you're under attack. However, it's moving so fast that right when you're trying to figure this thing out and you think you've got it, the boom, something else hits. And, and, and then what happens is now you're, you find yourself no longer trying to get a hold of God, but now you find yourself trying to survive. Can I tell you that we can't control everything that's going on, but faith is comfortable with knowing that God is in complete control. What God wants to do with you tonight is he wants you to understand that I'm going to use you to do exploits at this hour. But I need you to be comfortable with knowing that I'm in complete control. What about the job? God's got the job. He's in complete control. What about my children? God's got my children. We're in complete, he's in complete control. What about my body? God's got your health. He's in complete control. What about what's going on? What about them talking about they're going to come against the church? I see this going on in California. God is in control. 
God's got the good church. Listen, it doesn't matter how much conflict comes in the world. God is still in control. It doesn't matter how much the adversary fights against you. God is in control. When Job had to go through his test and his trial, the devil had to get permission from God. Why? God is in control. Sometimes the Lord will allow the messenger to come, but can I tell you that God still controls the messenger? I understand that the devil is rebellious, but the devil is still submitted. He is only operating within the level of authority that God has given him. He can't touch you unless God tells him he take care. But I promise you that when it's over with and done, your soul still belongs to God. And that's why we got to get excited. That's why we should have faith in knowing that if God be before us, he's more than this world against you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never turn his back on you. Praise the Lord. He said, but I will be with you always, even until the end of the world. That's why I'm going to rejoice. That's why I'm going to take my mind out of the gutter. That's why I'm going to take my mind out of this pain and confusion. And I'm going to lift up my voice to the Lord and worship the Lord. I'm going to glorify the Lord. For the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my redeemer. The Lord is my battle axe. The Lord is my stone tower. He's my healer. If a sickness comes upon me, the Lord said he will heal me. If, if, if an evil thing comes against my house, the Lord said a thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand shall fall at thy right hand but it will not come nigh unto thee we are not people that fight and so we have no God he is on our side hallelujah Tradition. We can get out of here in a minute. Tradi- no, you can stand. Stand, stand you can stand. Because if you sit down, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Everybody, all right, they're both like, the folks tell them, stand up. <laughs> Better stand up. <laughs> No. God before you is more than this world against you. And what God is trying to do and what God is doing is he is waking his body up. And he's letting you know that I've got this. I've got you in this season. I'm still with you. It doesn't matter if the wind blows. The Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Our God is not just a God in the mountain, but he can also fight in the valley. Come on. God said, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. That's why you've got to say, you know what? I'm going to think on things that are heavenly. I'm going to think on things that are good report. I'm going to think on things that are virtue. The Bible says that there be any praise. He said, think on these things. Listen, if what you're thinking about doesn't lead you into praise, you're, leave, you're thinking about the wrong thing. If what you're thinking about doesn't leave you with a glory to God, I worship you, your mind is in the wrong place. I promise you that whatever God has in his mind towards you... 
it will bring a praise out of your mouth. He said, I know my thoughts that I think towards you. He said, they're thoughts of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. If there be any praise, think about it. If it don't bring forth praise, it's not in the will of God. Come on, I've come to tell somebody tonight, if you would just open up your mouth and make a proclamation, make a declaration and say, you know what? I'm going to live for God. I'm going to throw some things aside. I'm getting ready to throw aside this mass, this tradition, and I'm getting ready to walk with God. A boldness will come over you. Come on, somebody. I dare you to begin to think some thoughts uh, that matches the scripture. I dare you to begin to get some things in your mind uh, that align with the perfect will of God for your life. Uh, Not trying to figure out how God's going to do it, uh, but knowing that God's in control. uh, What's going to happen? They say this is going to happen. My God's in control. Uh, They say the world is going to collapse. The economy is going to collapse. My God is in control. Uh, They say that the sickness is going to increase. Play are coming to the world. My God is in control. They say that depression is at an all-time high. God is in control. They say that they're going to come against the church. God is in control. Somebody in this room right now needs to worship God. Begins to think on the goodness of the Lord. Begin to magnify the goodness of the Lord. That's it in the name of Jesus. Uh, You can do this in your home. Uh, You need to start thinking about some things uh, and start speaking to some things. Uh, Some of you are afraid to go back home, uh, but I dare you begin to get a thought in your mind uh, about what God said I'm going to do at your house. uh, And to the praise, uh, you're going to understand that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, you're going to walk in purpose. You're going to fulfill the mandate that God has on your life. Yes, you might have wasted time. Yes, you might have failed along the way. Yes, you might have gone through some things. Yes, you might have endured some things. Yes, you might have lost some things along the way. But can I tell you that there's still a God in front of you? There's something that you can still press towards. Paul said, I forget the things that are behind me. You need to forget the guilt. You need to forget the sin. You need to forget the complacency. You need to forget the pain. You need to forget who hurt you. What do you mean by the hurt? I'm saying get that stuff behind you because when I look to what's in front of me, it's not compared to what God, what do you mean? Paul said I'm persuaded that the sufferings of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us when Jesus Christ comes back for his church. Come on somebody. Somebody needs to get some joy on the inside of them. Somebody needs to get anointed in this hour. Come on, the devil wants you to press her, but I'm going to get anointed, my friend. I'm going to have revival, my friend. We're going to turn the city upside down, my friend. We're still going to have revival. We're still going to baptize. Folks still going to get the Holy Ghost. We're still going to turn the city upside down. Somebody in this church needs to praise him. Somebody in this church needs to worship him. I'm still going to get the miracle. What did the doctor say? I'm still going to live. Somebody needs to rejoice. Somebody needs to rejoice. Somebody needs to rejoice. Whose report shall you believe? Whose report shall you believe? Whose report shall you believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. If it don't come from heaven, 
I won't receive it. If the Lord hasn't confirmed it, I won't receive it. I will only receive what pleases the Lord. Faith pleases God. Word pleases God. Faith pleases God. Word pleases God. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus, get your mind on them. Get your mind on them. You got to see God bigger. You got to see God bigger. I heard David say, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Listen, there's something about exalting the name of the Lord, church. Either you're going to exalt what you see on the news or you're going to exalt the name. Either you're going to exalt what you see on Facebook or you're going to exalt the name. There's only one to be exalted. Listen, I'm not exalted in the media. I'm not exalting a false report. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord seated high and lifted up upon a throne and his train filled the temple church. We need to exalt the message. We need to exalt the blood. We need to exalt the name of the Lord. We need to exalt the spirit of God. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come on in the name of Jesus. Exalt him above the affliction. Exalt him above the persecution. Exalt him above the failure. Exalt him above the problem. Our God is highly exalted. Our King is highly exalted. He's a King of Kings. He's a Lord of Lords. He said there's no other God beside me. There's no other God behind me. There's no other God coming after me. He said I'm the first. I am the last. I am the beginning. I am the end. He's exalted now. He's exalted back then and he shall be exalted forevermore. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and begin to exalt the name of the Lord the name of the Lord it's a strong tower the righteous run into it and they are safe come on in the name of Jesus I dare somebody right now to go ahead and step out I dare somebody right now to say I'm stepping out of this confusion I'm stepping out of this sickness I'm I'm coming out of the world I'm coming out of the system of this world I will not be programmed I will not be programmed there's only one that programs me. I'm a leftist mind being me. That was also in Christ Jesus. Come on somebody. You gotta get your mind out of the world. Lord renew my mind. He said, be not, be not conformed unto this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. You're going to know the will of God for your life and you're going to walk in it because he's going to renew your mind. You're going to renew your mind. Hallelujah. Come on, lay it aside. Repent and cast it aside. Lord God, I repent of ineffectiveness. I repent of a religious spirit. I repent of walking in tradition. I repent of it today. Come on, in the name of Jesus. I told you, we know how to shout. We know when to shout. Come on, but we get ready to do this thing. Lord, I don't want to just be a doer of the word. I don't want to just be a hearer of the word, but I want to do it. I want to thrive in it. Come on, in the name of Jesus. I want to produce something that you're pleased with, uh, not what pleases the flesh, uh, not what pleases an organization, not what pleases man, uh, but I want to produce something that pleases God. Oh. 
Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Come on, this is that generation. Come on, this is that generation. Come on, oftentimes we pray for God to send help. My friend, you are the help. Come on, you are his help meet. You are the bride of Christ. You are the help church. Come on, in the name of Jesus. You need to stand up on your most holy faith. You need to stand up in the Holy Ghost. Come on, in the name of Jesus. You need to say, Lord, I'm getting ready to start thinking different. I'm getting ready to start thinking on the level that you have called me to think on. Not on the level of the devil that I conquered yesterday, but on the level of that thing of what you're taking me to tomorrow. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Whoa! Come on. Come on. Come on. You're not a monument. You are a movement. You're not a has-been. Praise the Lord. You've got eternal purpose. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. And that's not tomorrow, my friend. That purpose began a long time ago. Come on. In the name of Jesus, you ain't got to wait to have an angelic visitation. If you got the Holy Ghost, you don't need no other visitation greater than a visitation of the Holy Ghost. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. I pray a breakthrough, Lord God, uh, upon the minds of your people tonight. Uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, uh, that you would begin to release people uh, out of the cloudiness of their mind. Uh, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I come against that spirit uh, that wants to interrupt people when they're praying at night. Some of you can't even pray no more. You're fighting confusion. Uh, I felt that when I got here this morning, uh, praise the Lord, when you get down on your knees and pray, it's like confusion. When, even when you start praying for peace uh, and you're mind the enemy begins to come uh, and begins to disturb you with great confusion uh, come on in the name of Jesus uh, I'm telling you tonight that God uh, wants to give you a sound mind uh, come on that's the spirit of fear that's the spirit of anxiety it wants to get you reckless uh, wants to give you frustrated uh, it wants to get you in a place uh, of cloudiness but God uh, wants to give you a sound mind Come on, in the name of Jesus. My friend, the God doesn't just know how to have good church. He's more than a sensation. He's more than chills down your thighs, down your spine. He's more than just a spirit sweeping through an altar, sweeping through the congregation. He's a Lord of hosts. He's a Lord God Almighty. He's a Lord mighty in battle. Jesus said, if I was of this, was of, if I wasn't of this world, he said, if I was of this world, he said, my soldiers was fight. He said, but I've got the power to release angels. Come on, in the name of Jesus. You're not one that fights and has no strength. The Lord is on your side. The Lord is with you. Come on, in the name of Jesus. I dare you to release your faith. Somebody in this room, he's a release of faith until there's a boldness that gets upon you. A boldness that will cause you to move in activation. In the name of Jesus. Come on, today God wants to activate something in your life. Come on, in the name of Jesus.
Jesus. I'm not going back to tomorrow. We're not going back to yesterday. We're not going back to last week. We're not going back to last year. Come on, it's never going to happen again. But God says, I'm a God for this hour. I've called you to this hour. And if you are alive in this hour, it's because I've got a purpose. I've got a plan for your life. In the name of Jesus, I come against every lie. It's been spoken to the ears of your people to stay by the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus. I bind that spirit of confusion. I command it to leave. I declare peace into your spirit right now. I declare sound mind into your heart right now. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke every lying devil in your life tonight. In the name of Jesus, come on, that's it. Go ahead and call on them. Go ahead and receive that. Come on, in the name of Jesus, you've been believing that thing for too long. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to walk with the Lord. I'm going to see that prophecy come to pass. I'm going to see that word come to pass. Come on, if the Lord said it, I believe it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former. Come on. He said you can do exceeding. He can do exceeding and abundantly above all that you ask a thing according to the power that worketh in you. Come on in the name of Jesus. I'm come to tell you that God is not just sitting on the throne, but God's sitting in your heart. If you got the Holy Ghost, he's on the inside of you. Come on, I'm come to tell you that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Come on, you've got authority over that prince. You got authority over that sickness. You got authority over that disease. Come on in the name of Jesus. Right now you've spent most of your time trying to figure out what the worst thing that can happen next. You're looking for the worst thing and instead of looking for the God thing. Come on in the name of Jesus. It's time to look by faith. Come on it's time to see what vision. He said if my, he said my people perish for lack of knowledge. He said where there's no vision. He said my people perish. Do not allow the media to cause you to cast your own vision. Come on in the name of Jesus. Get away from the vision of the media and get a vision from God. Start talking about what God can do. Start looking for what God can do. Quit looking for what the devil can do. The devil's not the only one that's in this hour. It's got power. Jesus said in the last days he said I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I've come to tell you that the church has got power in this hour. Lord, we repent for using your power just to decorate our church services. Lord God, we repent for using your power just to decorate our ministries. Lord God, we repent for using your power to look righteous in front of other people. Lord, we want to be sound. We don't want to pervert the things that you have given us. But Lord, we want to walk in the proper manner. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, Lord, I want to have an 
an expectation. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, when you pervert it, your expectation is small. But when you receive it the right way, your expectation is big. And when something comes against your expectation, you do what they did in the book of Acts chapter 4. They went back into a room and they said, Lord, hear our complaint. Hear the words of what they have spoken unto us. They begin to call out over the Lord. And the Lord filled that house again. He baptized him in the Holy Ghost. He baptized him with boldness. And they did greater works. Can I tell you, church, there's a greater works coming. There's a greater power coming. There's a greater revival coming. There's a greater foe coming. Come on, and you're going to see it. You're going to walk in it. You're going to dance in it. You're going to be involved in it. You're going to be right there in the middle of the greatest move of God ever known to mankind.
the scripture declares, come. Scripture says, come unto me. He said, and I will answer thee. And he said, and I will show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. There are some things that you won't know that he won't reveal unless you come. Like I declared in the book of Acts, they gave them a mandate. said, don't you ever preach or teach anymore in this name. Preachers had already been killed and the people were fighting uncertainty. They were fighting fear, uncertainty, and uncertainty is uncomfortable. But they took their uncertainty to one that they were certain of, and that was God. There are some things that we won't see unless we come unto him, call unto him, and I will answer thee. And I will show thee great and mighty things. I want you to close your eyes or open them however you do. I want you to ask God, Lord, I want to see what you see. I want to see the way that you see. I want to see the way that you see. I'm going to resist the urge to go back to see in the way that I was programmed. I want you to program me. I don't want to see according to my television program. I want to see according to your vision program. Lord, show me. Come on, somebody. I know you, sometimes you do it just to pass time. That's what they're warning I want you to give God your pastime and watch what he shows you. I want you to give God your pastime and see what he shows you. When you step into that, you don't see what is impossible with man. You see what's possible with God. Jesus' name. Everybody worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Come on, you don't have to do it loudly per se, not looking for volume, but with your voice. With your voice, would you give him that worship and that thanks? Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the operation and the work of your spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the work of your Spirit. Thank you for the Word and for the work of your Spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Only God can be my witness because he was the only one there. But I came up a little bit earlier this evening and spent some time praying in my office before I came in here. And there's probably at least four or five things that I specifically prayed this evening in my office that have been said in this message. A couple of things almost word for word. I don't. I don't, I'm not going to say this because I think I need to. I'm going to say it as a demonst- or as a declaration. But we, we have heard the word of the Lord this evening. And I believe, I believe we've heard it twofold. I believe we have heard it as it applies to us as a group. But I also believe for those that have been listening, we have been hearing as it applies to ourselves personally and the way that we are supposed to apply it to ourselves. I don't know about you, but I can say for my wife and I, and and some of it has to do with the circumstances we've all been in, but really a lot of it not so much. The last couple of months has been some of the greatest battles we've been through in our minds. And I'm pretty sure we're probably not the only two here that could say that. And again, some of that we could relate to COVID-19, but there's a whole other side of it that has nothing to do with a virus. And I believe we have heard a clear word from the Lord again that applies to us collectively, but also applies to us individually. So I want us one more time, again, I'm not looking for volume and great noise, but I want us to, I want us to specifically thank the Lord. I want, I'm not looking for hand claps. I don't know why. Every time we say, let's give the Lord thanks, we just start clapping. But uh, 
I, I want I want you with your words. I want you to express thankfulness. And I know I just said it, but I'm going to say it again in a moment. Thankfulness for what he has said, but also what he has done. Not only, again, collectively, but in us individually. Father, thank you so much. Truly, Lord, we have met you this evening. You have met with us. You have spoken to us clearly. You have spoken to us distinctly things that we need to hear, things that we have needed to hear as a body collectively, but also that we needed to hear individually. And I thank you for what you have said, and I thank you for what you have done tonight, and I thank you for where it's going to take us and the impact that it's going to have upon us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. I realize that because of the limitations, or for a few of you, because you're at other place ministering, you can't be here in the morning. But just for the exception of our uh, deal uh, daughter work, and uh, I think that's it right now, everybody else, if you can't be here physically in the morning because you're not in the number, you need to make sure you're online. Because God is going to be speaking and ministering. And again, as we have experienced the last couple of months, if you're not using it as a cop-out, God can meet you right where you are, even if that's in your living room. But there's really no reason at this point for none of you to not be able to be here tomorrow night, because some of you are already on the list for that, but also based on the space. So I'm encouraging you to come Come expecting, come with faith. Uh, hopefully, after hopefully, all it took you was one night for us to check out Brother Hurt and realize that we're all good. <laughs> Amen. I don't think you sat on him, but let's let's make up our minds right now that God is God is in all of this. <laughs> 